Welcome to the Mastering Blood Sugar Podcast. This is episode number nine with diabetes champion Teresa O'Connor. My name is Dr. Brian Mole, the diabetes coach, certified and master licensed diabetes educator, and IFM certified functional medicine practitioner. Each week on the Mastering Blood Sugar podcast, I bring you an inspiring health or lifestyle expert to help you learn to boost your metabolism, lose weight, and master your blood sugar with natural drug-free strategies. Thanks for being here with me today, and let's get started. Back today with another Diabetes Champions episode, and today we're going to be talking to Teresa O'Connor. Teresa was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes after living a fairly healthy lifestyle, eating a pretty good diet and exercising, but not unlike many of our clients, was surprised by her type 2 diabetes diagnosis and motivated to make some changes. So using a low-carb dietary approach and making some additional lifestyle changes, which you'll hear all about today, Teresa was able to get her blood sugar down into a normal range and eliminate her diabetes medications. I talked to Teresa all about how she did that, and you're going to be motivated and inspired today by her story. All right, guys, before we dive into today's Diabetes Champions episode, I want to read a review that we got on iTunes from Lum Kim Ham. It's titled, I'm Amazed. I've been listening to health podcasts for months, every moment I get. I really didn't expect Dr. Mole to have a lot more to say on this subject. After all, I was there for the Diabetes Summit some months back, but I did hear an interview with him on another summit and trusted him to be another one of the top practitioners in this huge circle of young doctors who are committed to making a huge change in medicine. I've only listened to the first podcast, and I have to admit that I am impressed. And may I mention that in my acupuncture, clinic, I do a lot of nutritional coaching too. Dr. Mole is clearly informed and prepared to give us all a look into the future of diabetes and the tools needed to make these changes. Bravo. I'm off now to listen to the second episode. So that's a great comment from Lum Kim Ham. If that's you, send us an email to admin at sweetlifecenters.com and we're going to ship you out the best of the Diabetes Summit on flash drive. I'd love to encourage you guys to write a review as well. If you like this podcast, if you like what we have to say, head over to iTunes, give me a five-star review and share some love. I really appreciate it. And remember, if I read your review on an episode, we're going to send you a copy of the Best of the Diabetes Summit on Flash Drive. Okay, excited to bring you diabetes champion, Teresa O'Connor. This is Dr. Brian Mole, the diabetes coach, and I'm back with another one of our diabetes champions interviews. I love doing these where we actually get to talk to people who uh, are using natural lifestyle strategies like a low-carb diet and other strategies to uh, make an impact on their blood sugar and their health. And uh, we have somebody here today. Uh, this is Teresa, and Teresa's just 
had amazing results following what she's going to describe today. Um, and I'm going to have her share some of her uh, pre and post lab results and so forth with you so you can see. The purpose of this is really to inspire you mm-hmm. to uh, take control of your health. I want to empower people and I want you to feel like this isn't hopeless, that if I uh, am willing to put the time and effort in and I'm willing to change my lifestyle, that I can really make an impact on my blood sugar and uh, on this condition on diabetes. So Teresa was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes back in August of 2016, so just a really a couple of years ago and has made some great changes. I'm going to have her describe those here in just a few minutes. Um, And uh, Teresa, we were just talking off air that uh, you have a unique background because you're actually a writer, uh, a food reporter. And uh, so uh, you have a kind of, again, a unique perspective on some of this. So maybe maybe just share your story a little bit and and, uh, some of the things that you've been able to do. Um, Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm a big fan of what you're trying to achieve because it's so wonderful to have the support of conventional medicine in solving many of these issues. Yeah, thank you. And um, for me personally, my background is in writing. I've, I've been in public relations and writing my entire career. Many people know me as seasonal wisdom because I used to write about gardening and growing food and I do speaking engagements and social media and I ate my vegetables and I didn't drink soda and I didn't go to fast food restaurants and I I thought I was eating exactly like all the experts were telling me. And that's why I was so surprised when I learned that I had reached diabetes too. Even though it runs in my family, I prided myself on my diet. Later in my career, I worked for the University of California. Uh, The Office of President publishes a a blog and social media called UC Food Observer. And it's about all aspects of the food industry, from farming to labor to nutrition, etc. And I wrote that and I monitored the social media with my uh, boss, Dr. Rose Hyden-Smith. And I was so surprised at the different opinions that are coming out. Every, no wonder everybody's confused. So if I yeah, can help. So just real quick, I just, one of the things that makes, I think, your case so unique is that you, or, um, or maybe just a, a bit different from what people, I think, uh, oftentimes think of when they think of people with type 2 diabetes is that uh, you're already an educated consumer. You're already focused on eating uh, healthy, uh, following recommendations mm-hmm. that, uh, that you were reading about that were given to you that you uh, had learned about from uh, your work and you know personal life. And, mm-hmm. uh, and even with all that, uh, you still developed uh, diabetes. You mentioned that you had a, a family genetic history for it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're probably still surprised when it did progress into type 2 diabetes. I was very surprised. And my father was thin. My father was always uh, thin and in good shape. So the obesity issue never really made Mm -hmm. sense to me personally. So I was surprised. And I think that there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And as you know better than a lot of people, one diet does not fit everybody. 
And so when large organizations and media people and, and PR agencies spread a message that we should eat a plant-based diet and avoid meat, for example, animal protein, that would not have helped me. And mm. I love plants. I've taught people all over the country how to eat plants. But the fact is, is that some plants are not good for you personally. And they may be healthy, but for me personally, I shouldn't be eating them. And I, I mentioned legumes. I wrote considerably about the benefits of legumes. There are a lot of benefits to these, <laughs> this, these foods. I don't deny that. But for me personally, it wasn't a good idea. Mm -hmm. Getting rid of the legumes made a big deal. They're just too high in carbs for, for somebody like me. What a good point. You know, oatmeal is another example. You hear oftentimes that oatmeal is, well, you know, one of the best things you can eat in the morning. And uh, there are some great benefits of oatmeal. It has a fair amount of fiber, beta-glucan fiber, um, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, has some nutrients, obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, loaded with starch. And for mm -hmm. a lot of people with blood sugar dysregulation, it's mm -hmm. just going to shoot their blood sugar through the roof, and that's not a great way to start the day. So I think, uh, I think your point uh, really can't be overstated that uh, we have to look at these foods, not just are they healthy or not healthy, but uh, as an individual, is it right for you yes. at this time? You know, mm -hmm. maybe you could get away with it when you were 15 or 16 years old and mm -hmm. you know, had a, a growing body and were mm -hmm. highly athletic and active, but you know, maybe right. at 45 or 55, it doesn't work mm -hmm. anymore. So yeah, I think that's a great point. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what I experienced in my life. And because I'm of my body type, I am oriented toward whole grains. I've been eating whole grains long before other people talked about whole grains. So when these associations would tell us, eat plant-based diets with lots of whole grains, <clears throat> it was just very contradictory with the own science I was seeing in my body. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a very important point. It wasn't that I was eating white bread. So what I feel is that this whole focus on high glycemic and low glycemic, that's kind of confusing to people. I think that for me personally, what was a life changer was <clears throat> going on a no grain diet, no legumes, um, I do tolerate dairy. I know some people can't tolerate it and it causes inflammation and arthritis. And so I think dairy is something you really need to find out if you can handle it. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I need protein. I need protein throughout the day in moderate amounts. And I put my money toward the best protein I can afford because I'm eating from scratch. I'm not eating out of a box or a bag. And so all ingredients are not the same. And sometimes I worry when I see this focus on ketogenic diets, that people think that means you can have bacon at every meal and, and just uh, not eat too many veggies. Yeah, and I worry it, about that too. I don't think that's right. I know you're on Instagram as I am, and we see so much of that, that it's a little alarming. But I do believe that, that personally, my body thrives on animal protein. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't just survive on hemp seed. <laughs> I, and, I, and, and I have to eat a lot of hemp seed 
to get a certain amount of protein. That's three tablespoons of hemp seed, I think is 12 grams of protein, if I'm, don't quote me on that. But it's seriously, right. when you look at these seeds, you need to make sure you're getting a minimum of 12 grams of protein. In each meal, I personally try to get about 20 grams of protein. That's yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think, uh, and, and of course, that changes based on your size, your amount of uh, lean body mass and right. uh, your protein requirements, your activity level. But I think that's a pretty good starting place for, uh, for a lot of people, about 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal. Okay. Um, again, depending on, uh, on your, your size. So, a, a, you know, a 200-pound a male with a lot of lean body mass might be closer to the 30 grams or more, and, and uh, someone your size might be closer to the 20 grams or, or, or right around there. But, that, but yeah, I think, that's, I think that makes sense. You know, my certified nutritionist, who is Joanna Priest, who started me on this all, is she gave me a good tip. She said, if you look at the palm of your hand and you try to keep your protein to about that size, no matter what size your hand is, it's probably a good estimate. That's great advice. Yep. And I think for people who worry that grass-fed and grass-finished beef is too expensive, remember, you don't need to eat very much at one time. And, and leftovers are a friend of yours. Mm -hmm. So I think that and because I'm a gardener, I can grow a lot of vegetables myself, or I live in a climate that has, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> I have a climate that is very um, good for growing vegetables year-round. But, but we're finding that, that even in northern climates, you can grow vegetables. And you can, and I, I know somebody, Nikki Jubal, in Canada, and she grows vegetables year-round with protection. So. The more we can eat locally, the more we can know who our food suppliers are, the more we can really focus on the ingredients. I think that makes a difference. It's not just about eating meat all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. I well, let's, uh, Teresa, real quick, let's talk about results. I want to get mm -hmm. people kind of excited here. So okay. what, um, what have you seen? Uh, you had some labs done uh, just back in May of this year, so just mm -hmm. a couple months ago. So between August of 2016 and May of 2018, what kind of results have you seen with your okay. blood sugar and health? It's a little embarrassing to tell you my before because I always prided myself on being so healthy. But in August 2016, my glucose was 162. My hemoglobin A1C was 7.8 and my cholesterol was 301. And I am a body type that is long and lean, so I can hide a lot of weight that, so it's not as obvious that I'm gaining weight. But I was starting to fill up in my chest and I gained weight around the stomach, which is probably pretty common for a lot of people with this mm -hmm. issue. So now, after following a low-carb diet since November 2016, about a year and a half later, in May 2018, my glucose is now 110, my hemoglobin A1C is 5.7 and dropping, and my cholesterol is 195. So wow. it's, I think that just kind of says it. And for me personally, I can't go too ketogenic because I get too skinny. I just mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm a weird type. But, but I try to cheat about three times a week. And when I say cheat, I mean a half a cup of potatoes. Or 
I eat a little bit more of a high carb veggie, or maybe I'll have one piece of bread from the farmer's market because I know he grinds his wheat by hand and it breaks down slower. So those are how I'm cheating. And that kind of helps me to stay maybe five pounds heavier mm -hmm. because I did lose 30 pounds and I prefer to only lose 25. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you lost 30 pounds as well. I did. And a really dramatic change in your hemoglobin A1C, which is excellent. So uh, you're right there on the borderline of, you know, optimal, normal, at least, um, you know, and, and you said it's, it's falling, so it's improving. So, you know, hopefully here uh, soon, you'll be down around five and a half or less. And that's, you know, we're, we're really uh, what we think of as optimal hemoglobin A1C. Now, have you used, um, have, were you uh, prescribed medication? Have you used medications through this process, if, if you mind sharing that information? I, I did, and I was very anti-medication, and I put off going to the doctor about this diabetes too, even though I was starting to feel discomfort. Because when you're reaching up into those levels, you're getting more thirsty. My energy level was swinging. I was either hungry or starving. Or I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And I don't get that anymore. That just doesn't happen. And um, so to me, it was clear. And I don't think I answered your question. Did no, I? That's okay. So uh, did you uh, start on medication when you were diagnosed? Or are you currently still taking that same medication or has that changed? Thank you for bringing me back to that's that. Okay. That's how I got off on that topic. <laughs> so I was very hesitant to go on medication, but I believe that because I was in an extreme case where my diabetes was increasing, I'm glad that I was put on medication. And also, I had very high blood pressure, of course, as you can imagine, too. And my blood pressure is now um, at 120s, 70s, 80s. But I was on metformin, which I'm no longer on. Mm. Um, I was on amlodipine and valsartan. And my, I'm no longer on amlodipine, but I am still a little bit on valsartan. Um, luckily, not the valsartan that was just recalled this week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, also, I am taking a, a 20 grams of atorvastatin. Mm -hmm. And I know that statins are controversial to certain people, but it is half of what I was taking. And I do feel that my doctor has been very open-minded toward my way of life. And she's been with me on this journey. I did more than my doctor asked me to do because she wanted me to go to the hospital and get you know, nutritional training and that wouldn't have helped me. I'm, I'm not trying to stereotype, but I can't, I can't lower my blood sugar with a quarter of my plate being grains. Right. That isn't an option for me. So when I eat, I eat that amount of protein and I fill most of my plate with leafy greens or other types of low-carb veggies. Although I do try to get as much versatility as I can and eat the rainbow as much as I can, for me, it's not easy to follow a paleo diet if there's too many starchy vegetables. Mm -hmm. And I know some people can handle it, but, but I would urge people as a real vegetable lover, <laughs> learn which veggies work for you. And if they don't, watch your quantities because it, it, it makes a difference. Wow. So amazing results. Uh, a lot of wisdom here. Uh, you've... Uh, learned a lot, I'm sure, through this process about how your body handles specific foods. 
Um, yes. In addition to the change in diet, was there anything else significant that you feel like was important for you to get the results that you got? Did you change, for example, physical activity patterns, or did you address any other underlying health imbalances that may have been impacting your blood sugar? Do you think it was really, um, you know, just all about uh, the low carb diet for you? Well, I think that's a very important question because when I went on this low carb diet, I immediately started to lose weight. I mean, I was exercising five to six times a week. I did so many sit-ups. I can't tell you how many sit-ups I used to do. I don't even do the, I should be doing those sit-ups now, but I don't really need to as much. <laughs> yeah. So my physical activity for a while actually decreased. Okay as I was losing weight. So I want to urge people, if you really want to lose weight, watch your diet. That's very valuable. But in terms of exercise, I agree completely that if you don't exercise every day, it's hard to keep your numbers healthy. Mm -hmm. For me personally, <clears throat> I have found that it's not just exercise, it's stress. This week has been a very stressful week for many people, and my numbers are going up, even though my diet is the same. So I made a conscious choice to be more mindful, to really make a point of limiting my news within healthy levels mm -hmm. and um, taking that mindfulness seriously because it's, it is diet, but it's not just diet. It's exercise. It's how your well-being is in general. And it's the quality of, of all those aspects. Mm. And, and having a dog That's helps. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, I think you're right. There's a lot of uh, actually studies that show that that uh, that having a pet and a dog in particular can be really helpful. So uh, wonderful. I think this is great advice and really inspiring story. How in uh, in less than two years uh, you've been able to make uh, incredible changes uh, completely off of diabetes medication, no diabetes medication, and uh, got your A1C down to a virtually normal, an A1C level that uh, most people with diabetes would love to see uh, when they get that lab test back. So uh, really amazing changes. And that's why uh, one reason I wanted to have you on, I think uh, you have a great story to share. So thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you so much for having me. And I did want to just tell people, if I can do it, you can do it. And I know it's very easy to crave carbs because the way that they're packaged make your body want them even more. But I guarantee that if you go on this diet, you will eventually stop craving those foods. Yeah. Because I could cheat more than I do, but I don't really want to get my body used to those foods anymore. My body seems to function better with fresh foods made from scratch with great ingredients. And one more thing I want to say, it's not elitist to eat well. You know, sometimes we think, oh, it's so elitist. They spend so much money on their food. It, it's not a matter of money. I'm not rich. But I do put my money towards supporting the farmers that are going to continue to provide the right kind of food for me and my children and my grandchildren because 
as you'll see if you go to my website, many of these farmers are facing major problems. Yeah, what did, talk, talk about your website uh, because I, I uh, it's it's a great website and I think it brings a lot of awareness to that. So, uh, what what is the website and what will people find there? Well, my website is called Farm Fresh Low Carb Living, and it tells my story. It provides resources, and it also helps you to understand some of the challenges that the people who produce our food are going through. And it also helps to dispel some of the myths that people have about animal protein and um, so on. There is a benefit to pasture-raised animals because they not only um, help to manage the land, but they sequester carbon into the soil, which helps with climate change. And so we can't just lump all cattle ranching together. And, and even the first year of all cattle's life, they're raised on grass. It's the latter part of their life that's the difference. And I just wish that people would focus more on the facts and the evidence science and not get so caught up in some of this um, dogma that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily make very much sense to other people. Wow. I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, Teresa, uh, as I said, you're an inspiration. And thank, thank you so you. much for coming on and sharing your story today. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> Bye -bye. <laughs> this is Dr. Brian Mull, the Diabetes Coach. And we'll be back soon with another Diabetes Champion. I hope you guys like these. And make sure you subscribe to the Mastering Blood Sugar podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. I hope you liked this Diabetes Champions interview with Teresa O'Connor. Guys, if you think this kind of content is valuable, make sure you let people know. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the Mastering Blood Sugar podcast, leave me a five-star review, and make sure you share this out with your friends and family members. I really appreciate you listening to this and subscribing to the podcast. This is Dr. Brian Mole, the Diabetes Coach. I'll see you back next week and remember to keep climbing and to never give up.